Well, I've entitled this morning's message, When Fear Reigns. I bet you guys can't guess why. Anybody guess why? I don't know if you guys have noticed, but in the last couple days, fear seems to be running wild. I mean, we were at the, my wife's been telling me that she's been trying to go to Costco and get some stuff. And it's not even that the shelves are empty, but there's lines wrapped around the building to get into these places because people are, are panicking right now. And the problem is some people are panicking, and those of us who aren't are going, well, shoot, if we don't at least get something, we're going to be out because everything's gone from the people that are panicking, and we're compounding the problem as well. And everybody is just losing their mind. I mean, you can, you can essentially buy toilet paper on the black market right now, and that's not even a joke. But here's the thing. Our first instinct is to say, man, why are these, these people acting like that? But the truth is, I understand why some people are afraid. Matter of fact, I understand why, why we have reason to be afraid right now. Because the truth is, is that we don't seem to have all the information right now. And that's what happens when you don't have information. As you don't know how things are going to work. You don't know how things are going to behave. We don't know how this virus works 100%. We don't know exactly how fast it's going to transmit. And what the problem is, is because people don't know they're afraid. It's actually why the stock market crashed. Because people are afraid. What's going to happen? Are people going to have jobs? Are they going to be able to work? Are they going to be able to buy stuff? And, and because of that, people are just dumping their stocks and selling it. And it's, it's crashing because people are afraid. They don't understand what's going on. We don't have all the information. So I get it that people are afraid. I understand that. And the truth is, is I've had thought those, those thoughts myself. You know, what is going on? How is this going to handle? What are we going to do? How are we going to control things? How can we make an impact? Those thoughts run through my head, probably just like everyone here. And that's not a problem. That when fear shows up, it's not an issue. It's how you deal with the fear. It's how you respond to it. And as Christians, we shouldn't operate the same way the rest of the world does. Because we have a greater hope. Did you know that the Bible says... Uh, over a hundred times specifically, and this depends on the, the translation that you use, but over a hundred times specifically, it says, do not fear or do not be afraid. You've probably also heard that there's a, there's a verse that says, do not fear or don't be afraid over 365 times in the Bible, one for every day of the year, they say. And uh, uh, the truth is, if you look for that specific phrase, do not fear, don't be afraid, that's about 100 times. But if you look at, at stuff that has that same theme, that same idea, let me give you an example. Um, David said in Psalm 56.3, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Now, that doesn't say do not fear, do not be afraid, but the theme is still there. We trust God instead of being afraid. When you count all of those, um, I've heard it said that there might be bumping up on 500 different times in the Bible where fear is mentioned and, and we're not supposed to be afraid or we're supposed to put our trust in God. Now, I think that's pretty good advice. You know, when fear shows up, we need to, we need to tell fear what's actually going on. Instead of telling God about the things we're, we're afraid of, why don't we tell the things we're afraid of about our God? who is more than able to take care of us through all of these things. And my point for sharing this with you is if God says it so many times, one, I think he knows that we're going to be afraid from time to time. But two, if he says it so many times, it might be important to him that we understand we shouldn't be afraid. We don't have a reason to be afraid. Because what is the worst thing that could happen? You could die. Guess where I'm going when I die? <laughs> things are getting better. The truth is, is that that's the, the, the worst thing 
that could happen is we could die, but then we get to spend the rest of eternity with Jesus. But the truth is, is I don't, I don't think that that's why God tells us not to be afraid. I think it's because he's with us. And I think during this time of uncertainty, we need to ensure that our eyes and our trust is on him and not on the things that are going around us. Like I said earlier, as I was praying, God gave you a brain between your ears so you could use it so that we can act in, act in wisdom, that we can do the right things and we can behave correctly so that fear doesn't control us and, and, and we don't see stuff what's going on right now. I think during this time, being prudent and being wise is good. But buying every roll of toilet paper on the shelf, that's just panic. This is what the definition of fear is. It says, fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. It's a feeling of anxiety concerning the outcome of something or the safety and well-being of someone. And when it's used in its verb form, it means to be afraid of something or someone because they're likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening, to feel anxiety or apprehension on behalf of something or to avoid or put off doing something because one is afraid. See, there's actually... If you look at this, there's two basic primary definitions of fear. It's the unpleasant emotion we, we get when we feel like we might get hurt or we might feel pain. And truthfully, fear in and of itself is probably a good thing. It's what keeps you from running out in the middle of traffic. It's what keeps you from, from uh, grabbing something that's hot or at least testing it first. And then we get the, the anxiety. The other definition of fear is that anxiety over the outcome of some circumstance, right? There's the fear of actual physical pain or harm, and then there's that anxiety of something that might be. I don't know about you guys, but most things in my life that I've been afraid of have never come to pass. I have a pretty good imagination sometimes. And I have imagined, I mean, you've even seen it, at least in, I've seen it in movies, so it must be true. You know, they, they say that if you want to torture somebody, you just lay out the instruments on the table and you walk away, and whatever they come up with in their mind is going to be much worse than you could ever do to them because we can, we're creative people, you know? So we get anxious. We get worried about what's coming up. And right now, people are doing that right now. What's going to happen if my family gets sick? What's going to happen if, if we don't have enough food? Apparently, what's going to happen if we don't have enough toilet paper? I'm telling you, a bucket of water is going to do you just fine. In other countries, that's what they use. And, and in the Philippines, they call it the, the tabo. It's literally a bucket of water they use for everything, for, and soap and water, but they use it for cleaning, bathing, brushing their teeth, everything. They, that's what they use this bucket for, is for, for hygiene. You're going to be okay. And I don't know if you know this, but toilet paper is a relatively new uh, uh, invention. <laughs> it hasn't been around all that long. People have been living for thousands of years without it. But uh, most examples of fear are a little bit of both of that, that unpleasant, uh, that unpleasant feeling worried about being hurt and also the anxiety of the outcome of what's to come. And I once heard this, that all fear actually stems from the fear of death. That's where it all comes from. Because here's basically how it works. If I don't pass this test, then I won't get that job. And if I don't get that job then I can't afford a place to stay. And if I can't afford a place to stay, then I'm not going to have a place where I can buy and store food. And if I don't have enough food, then I'm going to starve to death. And if, I st if I'm not going to be able to eat, I'm going to starve. And if I starve, then I'm going to die. Now, we may not follow it to that, that, uh, that pathway. And I don't know if that's true. It's something that I heard. But it, it seems to make sense to me. It's all, we're all worried about death. And as Christians, how many know that we don't die? We have eternal life. That should help at least quell some of your fear. 
Now, whether that's true or not, whether that's where all fear stems from, the truth is, is that all fear is based on unsubstantiated and false reason. Most, most fear, I would say at any rate. The stuff that people are afraid of right now, I mean, it's, it's, they're not even close to having happening in their life. And if we're just wise, chances are we're not going to have these things happen in our life. And here's the problem is fear is the enemy of faith. Fear is actually the opposite of faith. And, and rather, uh, if you think about it, faith is actually just fear in the wrong direction. Or fear is just faith in the wrong direction, sorry. Fear is faith in the wrong direction. Because we're, we're, we're putting faith in something else, that something's going to happen to us instead of putting faith in our God who's going to be able to keep us safe. And like I said, I don't, I don't necessarily think that, that fear in and of itself is a sin. Sometimes fear is good. It keeps you from running out in traffic. And even fear of, uh, fear of this stuff, having a healthy fear of what's going on is probably not a bad thing. It'll, it'll cause you to be wise. But when we let fear take over and start running our lives, when the anxiety builds so much, that keeps us from doing certain things. Your faith muscle needs to be stronger than your fear muscle. Basically the best way to put it. How many of you know how muscles get strong? You've got to exercise them. You've got to use them. That's how your faith gets strong. You gotta exercise them and you gotta use them. And we choose to, to, to act in faith or we choose to live in fear. That's our, our, our two choices. We can be afraid of everything or we can trust God in spite of everything. Does that mean that there's not things out there that, that aren't scary? No, of course there are. I mean, obviously, somebody's scared of this virus with the measures that are being put in place. And in my 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 logical mind, it seems like the stuff doesn't add up based on what they're telling us and what they're asking us to do. So either I don't understand what's going on perfectly or they understand more that they're sharing. Either way, lack of information is what's causing fear. But the reality is, is there's stuff to be afraid of, but we choose what we do with it. We can either run and do crazy things or we can just trust God and make smart decisions. Because the truth is, is we are called to be strong and courageous. That's Joshua 1.9. But the thing is, is courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is just moving forward in spite of the fear. Putting your trust in something else and let it be more powerful than the fear that you're feeling. For the Christian, it's believing that God's faithfulness is more important and trustworthy than any circumstance that we can imagine. The question we have to ask is, who's bigger, COVID-19 or God? Because here's the thing, that fear poses a real, damage, a real danger in your life. Matthew 13, 20 through 22 says, As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. And as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Now these verses, uh, you guys, these are the parable of the sower, right? So you remember that, that the, 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 the seed is the word and it's being sown and, and uh, the one who hears the seed and it falls on, or hears the word and it falls on rocky ground, 
the seed that falls on rocky ground, that's the one who hears the word and it just doesn't get rooted, it just goes away immediately. It's stolen by the enemy. And the other two are here. One was the, it's sown on rocky ground and it doesn't have a place to get root. And, and what happens is, is when anything hard comes along, it dies. The, the, the word is stolen away. The next one is, 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 is uh, sown among the thorns. And I think both of these can kind of describe what's happening right now. But when the word is sown among the thorns, it's the one who hears it. But the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word and it proves unfruitful. So I think that's what's happening right now is we see that, that we have the word of God that says, do not fear, that says, trust in him, that says he loves you, he cares for you, that he's going to take care of you. But we have the stuff in the world going on. One, we have the, we have the, the tribulation or persecution that arise on account of the word. We have people coming against us and, and telling us we're crazy. And then we have the cares of the world right now. And that's the stuff that's going on right now. You think about people are so worried about food. They're so worried about all this other stuff that the, instead of putting their trust in their, their eyes on God and studying the word and seeing what the word has to say, with this, which is truth, they see everything else going around them and it's beginning to control and dictate how they live their life. But the final one, you remember, it is the one who hears the word, he understands it, and that begins to bear fruit in his life. What that looks like is as you trust God and God begins to move in your life and you don't let the fear that's happening in this world overtake you. And I said there's a difference between being wise and being afraid. If you were sick this morning and you stayed home, that's wisdom. If you were just scared and didn't come to church, that's letting fear dictate and control your life, even though the Word says something completely different. The Word says to, to put your trust in God, that He's going to take care of you, that He loves you. There's a difference between the two. And being overly concerned with what's going on in the world right now is going to rob you of what God wants for you. It's going to steal your joy and instead replace it with fear. And being stressed by the trials of this world is going to do the exact same thing. Even now we see the, the, the impact that fear is having on people. And prudence has turned into panic. Placing your focus on these other things causes you to remove your focus from God. Living in fear instead of living in faith actually begins to not only cause weirdness to happen in your regular life, but also begins to damage your spiritual life as well. And what happens is, and it's not just, this is just one situation. It's the situation we're dealing with right now, right? But the, pro the truth is, is we put our focus on so many other things. If you put your trust in your job, your job could one day disappear and fail you. If you start to place your faith in doctors instead of the healer, then you got a problem. If you start to place your faith in others instead of the one who created you and knows you better than everyone else, then you start to have problems. And there are so many people that look to inanimate objects for luck or success instead of just looking at their creator, the one who loves them. Fear, stress, worry, anxiety, all these things have a negative effect, not only on your physical life and your physical health, but also your spiritual life as well. And we have to make a choice, Christians. What are we going to put our faith and trust in? And you're going to hear me labor this over and over and over. I'm not calling for throwing caution to the wind and saying, my God loves me so I can do whatever I want. That doesn't mean my God loves me, I'm going to lick the sidewalk because God will take care of me. 
we were joking in our leadership meeting. We figured, you know, there's some places that demonstrate their faith by, by tossing snakes. We figured we're going to demonstrate ours by licking each other's face and hands. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. I, I want to be clear that I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about throwing caution in the wind. I'm not talking about being unwise. We still want to wash our hands. We still want to make sure that, that uh, uh, we're, we're doing the right things. You know, don't touch a door handle that's been touched by a thousand people. You know, those, those railings, the stair railings, those are supposed to be some of the dirtiest places. Right now is probably not a good time to touch those things. So we want to, to be wise and be prudent, but we also don't want to let it control our life. The only reason you should be staying in your home and not coming out of it is if you actually have been quarantined then that's wise. Otherwise, don't let it make it where you don't come to church. Don't let it make it where you don't go see friends and family. Maybe you don't go to Disneyland where there's thousands and thousands of people there. But going and visiting your family and your friends and church, as long as it's a, a, a contained gathering, don't let fear run your life. And instead, trust Him. Because here's the thing. You probably have no idea how valuable that you actually are. Matthew 6, 25-27 says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Do you get how valuable that you are? How much God loves you? If God takes care of the birds who have no value, he's going to take care of you. And he says, don't be anxious about your life. That's pretty inclusive. Kind of covers every little bit that you might think about. Don't be anxious about whether you're going to be able to get enough food over the next few days because the grocery stores are crazy. I promise you, we have people here that will help out. We've already seen it happen. People going grocery shopping for others. People doing things for others. God will take care of you. Trust him. This also doesn't mean don't act lazy or unwise. This doesn't mean, oh, God's going to take care of me. I can just sit on my butt and do nothing. That's not what he's talking about. You know, if you remember, Paul said, if they uh, don't work, they don't eat. You know, so don't be unwise. But the thing is, is that even the birds in the air, they're not created in the image of God. You're created in the image of God. But even the birds of the air are taken care of. In God's eyes, they're far below us, yet he still makes sure that they eat. They're taken care of. If we observe this, why are we so afraid that we're not going to be taken care of? You know, and that's what's running through people's heads right now. That's why there's nothing in the stores. They think that they're not going to have enough to make it for however long. Truthfully, I bet I could go 30 days without food at all and I'll be all right. I'm going to make it. Matter of fact, I might be healthier and look better when it's all said and done. Man, what happened to that guy? His life's looking great. Just famine. No big deal. <laughs> that's, that's all he needed was a, a little bit of famine in his life. You know what? If you have a pet dog, and you also have children. Which one comes first to you? 
why do we think that if, if that's the way that we believe, if, we, if we're going to prioritize our children over our pets, why do we think God's going to think differently? If us, earthly fathers and mothers, earthly parents, know how to be good parents, how much more so does God know how to be a good parent? He's going to take care of you if you'll put your trust in him. And here's the thing. Being anxious, being afraid, is not going to change your, 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 your situation at all. If you open the fridge and there's nothing in it, I promise you that if you just worry enough, food's not just going to appear. I mean, there's not some level of like, if I'm just worried enough, I'm just anxious, I'm just scared enough, then poof, fridge will be full again. Being scared, being worried isn't going to change anything. All it does is, is make you have inner turmoil. All it does is rob you of your joy. All it does is rob you of your peace. That's why the enemy wants you afraid. Because your eyes on something else instead of your God. But here's the thing that I know, that God is bigger than any situation that we find ourselves in. And he will see us through. Now I can't tell you that, that depending on how this plays out, I can't tell you that there might be times where you wish you had more food. I can't tell you there's, there's going to be a time that you're going to have to use that bucket of water. I can't tell you that it's all going to be perfect. The truth is, as Christians, we were never promised life was going to be perfect. But it did say he would never leave us nor forsake us. He's going to see you through no matter what. He's going to see you through no matter what. And one of the things that has constantly came to my mind as I've thought about this is the story of, uh, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I should really tell this story more often because I really like saying their names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you remember, he stood before the king and they, they wouldn't worship. And, and they said they were going to throw him in a, in a fiery furnace unless they worshiped the, the king instead of God. And they said, you know what? Our God is able to take care of us. You can throw us in that fiery furnace and our God is able to see us through. But then you know what they said? And even if he doesn't, that's not going to change a thing. You know, that's something I think that we need to understand. One, I believe 100% that God loves you, and he'll see you through it, and he'll take care of you, and he'll make sure that you have enough. But even if he doesn't, I'm still going to serve him. And the truth is, I just get to meet him sooner. It's not worth me being afraid and ruining my joy right now. It's not worth me being so stressed out that I get nothing done, that I'm stuck at home, that I'm stuck with, with nothing going on. Because the truth is, is that God's seen me through a whole lot worse. God pulled me out of my darkest days before I even believed in Him. And everything I was going through back then is so much worse than now. Both physically and spiritually. Because had I perished back then... There was nothing else. But now, what can man do to me? What can this world do to me? What can the devil do to me? Nothing. They just speed up the timetable at worst. At best, God shows his power right now. Or maybe that should be swapped. At worst, God shows his power right now. At best, I could, could be with him right now. Either way, I'm good. Because here's the thing, church. 2 Timothy 1.7, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. If you are afraid, know that's not from God. If you are, are paralyzed with fear right now, know that that's not from God. You don't have to stay that way. 
And because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, we're going to make a choice to operate in faith instead of fear. One of the things that I know for sure is this situation didn't take God by surprise. He didn't go and, and turn around for a second to check out how things were going in heaven and turn back around. Oh, what happened while I wasn't looking? This didn't take God by surprise. God is still here. Now, I don't believe for a second that God sent it. If you're ever curious if something is from God, if a believer gets it, then I think we can safely say that it's not, from, it's not judgment from God because judgment has been taken care of in Christ. So if, if, but the thing is, is we live in a fallen world. We live in a broken world. Stuff's falling apart. There is disease. There is sickness. There is earthquakes. There is famine. There's all those things. And, and I've had people ask me, is this the end of days? Truthfully, I think we've been in the end of days for 2,000 years. The end of the age is now, and I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but we need to be prepared. If you're living in fear, you're not prepared. If you're living in faith, you'll be prepared when he comes back because we know he's coming, and I don't know when it is. could be today. Could be another 2,000 years, but it doesn't change the, the, the fact for us. But I do think we are seeing the signs of the ends of the age. We've been seeing them for, for a couple thousand years, and it's coming. But I do know this that no matter what we're going through now, and specifically what we're going through now, God is here, He is with us. And we have to make a choice, every single one of us to operate in faith or to operate in fear. Because I, I know that with him we can overcome any situation. You've heard me say a few times that many people take the verse in Philippians out of context, the one that says that uh, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. You know, many people use that to uh, uh, apply to personal gain in their life or personal achievement. They're like, I can do anything to God that strengthens me. Throw another couple another 45s on the barbell. I'm going to show you how much I lift because God. That's not what that, it's not about personal achievement. What it is about is dealing with situations that are coming against you. Paul was talking about persecutions and hardships. Guess what? You can apply that verse now. You can make it through this situation because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. If you put your trust in him, he'll strengthen you to get through no matter what you're going through. And, and, and that's any situation in life. But like I've said, and, and I hope I'm not over laboring it, but we're not going to be unwise. We're still going to do smart things, right? That's what it says. One, he didn't give us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Other translations say of sound mind. That means doing smart things and not dumb things. This means we're not going to let fear control us. We're going to make wise decisions. Is it wise to have some food in your house? Yes. Is it wise to buy all the food in the store so somebody else can't have food in their house? No. Is it wise to have some toilet paper in your house? Yes. Is it wise to take all the toilet paper? No. Or even worse, buy it up when you don't need it and try to sell it at a profit. You see, that's why we're making decisions here in the church to do things that are wise. That's why the front door is wide open. Because it's wise to make it where we all don't have to touch the same door handle. It's wise to have sanitizer available. It's wise to make sure that we're cleaning stuff right now. It's wise to not give hugs, even though we really want to. So many times this morning it was like this. Hey, for God, I'm not supposed to hug you. Because it's, it's so ingrained in what we do. It's our culture. We, 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 we express love towards one another because we love one another. But we're going to use wisdom. 
except for my wife. I'm, I'm hugging and kissing her no matter what. She could have the virus. I'm still doing it. We'll just both have the virus. And I'll preach from home, throw it on Facebook. Hallelujah. Yeah, instead of a spirit of fear, we're going we're gonna to be wise. On a personal level, you can do some things that are wise too. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Definitely don't touch other people's faces. Not only is that bad for your health, it's just weird. So don't do it. <laughs> Go ahead and if you have to sneeze, if you have to sneeze, sneeze into your arm or sneeze into a tissue. If you're not feeling well, if you're sick, stay home. It's okay. Those are things that you can do that are wise. But the most important thing that I, I, I see in this verse is not that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of love. And right now, I mentioned it when we prayed, I've said it a couple times, but we have an incredible opportunity to demonstrate the love of Christ right now. One, we need to be praying for people. Pray for, for, the, for your, the government, pray for the people that are involved in dealing with this, pray for the people that are making the vaccine, that that speeds along, pray for the people that are sick, pray for your friends and family, let's just pray for people. That's one of the things we can do in love. But the thing is, is we need to, as Christians, we need to be doing more than just praying for people. You know, one of the things that I, I, I think that, that frustrates me about when something happens and Christians say, our, our, you know, our thoughts and our prayers are with you, people that aren't believers, they get so upset. Like, you know, what does that mean? That's just worth nothing, you know? And, and on one hand, I'm upset because no, the, the prayer is, is worth something because the prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. But on the other hand, I get it, what they're saying, because it's all words and no action. That's why James said, without, without works, faith is dead. Because it should spur us to do something. So in addition to praying, let's give physical help to those around us as well. Check on your neighbors. Have you met your neighbors? This would be a good time too. Knock on the door and say, hey, is, is there anything I can do for you? I know things are going crazy right now. It just so happens I bought some extra toilet paper. Can I give you some? It just so happens I have some extra food. Can I give you some if you need it? Or if it's, if it's an elderly couple, and right now they're saying that the, uh, the age of uh, social distancing is anybody under 50 should be kind of staying away from stuff because they're more susceptible to the disease. So if you have an elderly couple around you, knock on the door. Say, hey, can I go shopping for you? Can I take care of some errands for you? And let's show them love. Let's be a, a light shining brightly for Jesus in these dark times, amen? And let's set the example for the rest of the world. And let's finally start showing the world that Christians aren't hypocritical, but instead we're the hands and feet of Jesus, amen? 2 Corinthians 1, 8-10 says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was not to make but that was not to sorry, that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivers us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. Here's the thing is, is we're gonna face tough times in our lives. We're going to face peril. We're going to face difficulties. 
We're going to face hardship. Turns out we get to face a global pandemic. But this is the time for us to put our trust in God. I love this phrase here. He says, indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. He's being persecuted. Paul and his team are being persecuted, and people, they're, they're really afraid they're going to die. And instead of being afraid and, and running away, he says, you know what, though? That was to make us trust on the one who can do what? Raise the dead. You know what? If, if something were to get a hold of you and cause you to die and God doesn't want you to die, you're going to be okay. God can raise the dead. We're not going to be afraid because we're going to rely on God. Because God has the power to get us through every situation. Our hope is set on the one who has the power to deliver. That's what he said. He will deliver us. He has delivered us. He will deliver us. And we set our hope on him that he'll deliver us again. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had plenty of situations in my life where God has delivered me. And he continues to do so. And I can say that I trust him to continue to do so for the rest of my life because he is faithful and his word says it. So as we close today, I just want to read something that I think is an encouragement. Psalm 23, 1 through 6 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, it's times like these that these passages should bring you great comfort. God's the one that provides. He's the one that makes you lay down in greener pastures. He's the one that makes sure that you have everything that you need. And then it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and, you know, the reality is, 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 is I don't want to, to claim that what's going on right now is, is, is the worst. People have faced much worse in this lifetime, and I imagine there'll be more worse to come. But it doesn't matter where we're walking. We don't have to fear anything. We don't have to fear evil because we know that he's with me. And he says that your rod and your staff, they come from me. That's God's stability. That's, that's who God is. He's with you. He's taking care of you. Because he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I find that an interesting phrase. He says, he doesn't say, I'm going to take all your enemies away. He says, I'm going to pray, prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. That means you're going to have provision. You're going to be provided for. You're going to be taken care of. God is going to be with you. Even with enemies all around, God hasn't left you. And God's going to be with you. So church, I would encourage you, put your trust in God through this difficult time. Let it... Use some wisdom and let us listen to those who God has placed in authority over us that are dealing with this situation. You know, one of the things that, that I said is we're going to keep having church until they tell me that, that we can't. And the reason that we would stop then is not because we're afraid, 
But it's because God has put these people in authority and that we're supposed to listen to these things. And hopefully, if they get to that point, they're doing it in prudence and wisdom. I would also encourage you to not get wrapped up in the fear of, of this is all a political thing. One of the things that uh, I pray is that our leaders would, one, stop politicizing everything and start caring about what's going on right now. Let's worry about the American people and truthfully the people in this world. But one of the things I keep seeing flying around is everyone saying that this is somehow made up to, to sway one political party to the other one way or another. And, uh, or you've probably seen posts going around saying that every, every election year something happens. Well, when something happens every year, that's probably going to work out. <laughs> But if you just think about it a little bit, Italy is, is, is really committed to messing up our elections. This is a global thing. It's not an America thing. So don't let that fear run you. Don't let that, that fear... Uh, that's just another avenue of fear trying to take over people's lives. But most importantly... Let us be lights in the darkness right now. Church right now, the church and every single one of you have an incredible opportunity to minister to other people. Let's not be just another statistic showing why Christians are hypocrites. But instead, let's show the love of God in everything that we do. Let's be a blessing to the people that are around us. You know, if we... we have an incredible opportunity to reach people that we may never would have been able to reach right now. And the truth is, people are scared, and they're concerned, and they're worried. Let's give them a reason for hope. Let's share the truth of the gospel with them and say, hey, I can't promise you that, that the whole food situation is going to work out, but I can trust, I promise you there's a God who loves you and he cares about you. And he does want the best for you. And no matter what happens, he'll never leave you nor forsaken. We can be lights to the people around us. Amen? Amen. Let's go and stand to our feet.